this is Sylvester McCoy. Uh, you're listening to Who Made Who and uh, Me Made Me. And uh, my mother and father did the same. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. This could be a potential crime Why are you calling me madam? Because you're a woman. Am I? Does it suit me? What? Oh, yeah. I remember. Sorry. Half an hour ago, I was a white-haired Scotsman. When's the next train due? This is the last one back. But the doors are locked. How did you both get in? Driver's window was smashed in. What's your name? PC Khan, Hallamshire Police. Name, not title. Yasmin Khan. Yas, to my friends. Can I have your name, please? When I can remember it. You don't know your own name? Of course I know it. I can't remember it. It's right there on the tip of my... What's that? Tongue. Tongue! Smart boy. Biology. What did she call you? Ryan? Yeah, Ryan Sinclair. Good name. Are you a doctor, Ryan? No. Shame. I'm looking for a doctor. Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. It's Anthony Lewis and Ben Knight back talking Doctor Who. After a very long while, Ben, Series 11 is finally here, but alas, I have been told by the internet that this is the end of the show. So, uh, I mean, we'll wait and see as we record this. It's hard to run, hasn't it, you know? Yeah, as we record this, uh, another episode, supposedly, I mean, you're in the UK. Do you know if uh, the episode is, is has aired, the second episode? Did the show make it to a second episode? I mean, I've heard rumors of the Ghost Monument possibly being on television in, in as little as, uh, what, an hour or so, maybe? Um, okay, so there's still some time. Of, of being time-specific about when we're recording. But, okay, yeah. so there's, there's still um, some the time. Yeah, I mean, it it, might it's not air. There'll be no Brexit, um, mm. and uh, and Theresa May will say something that makes her sound like a human being. Yeah, they. Uh, it feels like it's all coming to an end. We don't know yeah. as of this recording whether or not uh, there will be an episode two. So we should treat this series eleven episode one as both a premiere and perhaps uh, a series finale. So let's just look at it from from that perspective. Uh, actually, you know what? I, I was looking at all of the articles. We'll talk about it after the episode a little bit. But it actually seems to have done kind of okay viewership-wise. So maybe it won't go away. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it'll stick around for uh, a couple more episodes. But we'll, let's find out. Uh, before we hop in and talk about the episode, uh, let's thank the good people over at Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. CinemaGeekly.com slash Adam Tickets. Or click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page, pick up some movie tickets, 
pick up a gift card for the movie Fan in Your Life Christmas, not so far away. Uh, it, it wouldn't hurt to do some early shopping here in the early weeks of October. It uh, sneaks up on you as well, doesn't it? It really does. You're going to blink, and the next thing you know, uh, it's the uh, the Christmas special. And so Ben... The, I mean, as soon as you hit um, the celebration of... Oh, crikey, I can't remember what I said it was called now. Uh, 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 Grindelof... Grindelof-y. So, something like that. Yeah, as soon as we hit that, you know, it's basically Christmas. <laughs> And uh, so, of course, because... Good callback a... for people who listened to this like five years ago. <laughs> yes. Uh, and because this is a Doctor Who podcast, uh, as I said before, if you blink, it'll be Christmas. Uh, so take the doctor's advice. Don't blink. Uh, buy yourself uh, some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. All right. Now let's talk about the Series 11 premiere, because I've got a lot of thoughts. Ben, I know you've got some, too. So, I sent you a message straight after saying I have opinions. <laughs> yes, uh, and so, if there's one thing the internet needs, it's more you know white male opinions, more Doctor Who opinions. Uh, <laughs> but you'll get them here specifically on this podcast. Uh, it's episode one of series eleven. It's called "The Woman Who Fell to Earth." Here's what happened. Uh, well, actually, the first thing that happens is we meet the new companions. Uh, there's Ryan who's dyspraxic. He suffers from dyspraxia, which is not a thing I even knew about until... I, I'm a dyspraxia sufferer, so um, I, I, I was quite impressed to see someone with actual dyspraxia on... Wait a minute. Uh, on a... So yeah. y you have dyspraxia, and I you didn't tell me until now, Ben? Yeah. I, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's a kind of spectrum with a lot of uh, disorders, but um, yeah, it, yeah. I used to, when I was younger, I used to call it clinical clumsiness um, because it is... <laughs> Uh, it's why I can't do anything kind of crafty and things like that because I, I don't have the, the kind of fine motor control thing and I have occasional problems with gross motor control. Not enough to like, you know, um, not be able to ride a bike, but I am spectacularly uh, lacking in coordination. <laughs> uh, well, he's got it bad. Uh, yeah. He, uh, in fact, we meet him trying to learn how to ride a bike and he, he's not doing so hot when he comes across some strange lights and interacts with them causing a blue pod to appear which uh, the people here presumed to be space poo uh, which it kind of looked like actually from our American eyes it looked just like a giant piece of of, of animal uh, shit but which the internet said is foreshadowing for what followed <laughs> Uh, Ryan calls the police, receiving help from Yasmin Khan. Uh, Ryan's grandmother, Grace, her husband, Graham, and Carl find themselves... And they just say Carl like we should know who the fuck Carl is. Find themselves <laughs> trapped on board their train with a floating orb. A man named Carl. <laughs> they find themselves on board their train with a floating orb of tentacle electricity-ishness. Ryan and Yasmin head for the train, arriving just as the doctor falls through the ceiling of the train, apparently not dying. I mean, the last time we saw the doctor, he regenerated into a she, and then she fell out of her TARDIS from space. We are led to believe through the atmosphere and then through this train. I'm guessing, Ben, that the whole regeneration process essentially now in canon makes you immune from everything. I suppose there's a possibility that, uh, well, actually, no, because the regeneration, 
No, I, I, do you know what? I had an answer and it's no, it doesn't work. Yeah, okay. So that happened for reasons that yeah, you know, regeneration. Yeah. If you're if you're still mid regeneration, you're invulnerable. Ah, oh, hang on, I've got it. Okay. Remember, like on, um, I'm trying to think the first computer game I encountered it in. I don't know. It was probably Chucky Egg or something. Uh, you know when you get killed and then you start again, or like Bubble Bobble or something. Yeah. Um, your character, your little character's flashing for about five seconds, mm -hmm. and during that five seconds, you're immune. That's regeneration. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, there we go. So, so many speedrunners have used that to just run through enemies to finish yeah, levels quicker. Uh, the orb departs after implanting everyone with DNA destroying bombs because those are a thing. The they other... were a thing before. Last time a show was written by this writer, of course. <laughs> the others. In the uh, the others and the Doctor track the pod down to a warehouse where they encounter a humanoid alien. The Doctor, missing her sonic, constructs a new one from spare parts. The group intercepts the orb, a mass biological data-gathering coil, is what we learn it is. Uh, the second alien suddenly appears, revealing himself as Tim... Tim Shaw or Tim... Yeah, he used to be a guitarist in Marilyn's band in the late 90s. Tim Shaw, as the Doctor refers to him as, more properly, uh, I might add. I prefer the villain be named Tim Shaw. Uh, yes. He's from a planet of warriors who hunt humans for sport. The group tracks down Carl, who turns out is the random target that Tim Shaw is hunting, the biological data-gathering coils are kind of Tim Shaw's way of cheating the system and finding this person, making it easier for him to hunt. Uh, after climbing a crane, Tim Shaw captor, captures Carl, which is, by the way, where Carl is. He's a crane operator. But the doctor orders Tim to leave him alone. Tim decides to detonate the bombs, but of course the doctor transferred them into the coils, which were self-implanted then into Tim. Uh, Tim looks like he's going to die. Grace destroys the coil, but is fatally injured in the process. Uh, Carl actually kicks Tim off of the crane, uh, but he transports back to wherever it is that he is from. Uh, the doctor later tells the group that she must find her TARDIS. She bids the group goodbye using Tim's transportery uh, device, but accidentally teleports all of them, and kind of accidentally teleports all of them into the vacuum of space. The end, Ben. That's how Doctor Who ends. That's, they're all that's it. I mean, they're all beamed into yeah. space. They all die. They freeze and explode. And space is big, like really big. It sure is. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware yeah. of that, but it's it's huge. It's been said <laughs> by a book that I found strangely calming, yeah. Uh, so what did you think of uh, episode one of the series of Doctor Who to end them all? Uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't like regen episodes uh, generally mm. because they tend to be a bit kind of... It's all a bit, oh, and then this is happening and this is happening and these are all exposition matters for um, what we're setting up for the new team. Yes. This episode is not immune to that. No. Um, let's let's deal with this first. In fact, which do you want first? An admission that I was wrong or claiming that I'm right? Which one of these? Mmm. You know what? Let's let's start out. It's always it's 
especially in this particular climate surrounding this particular doctor and this uh, series of Doctor mm-hmm. Who in general, let's start out with a, a, an admission of wrong. Admission of wrong is Bradley Walsh, um, who was one of two standout performances in this episode for me. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, I was but, curious. But it was wholly viable for. I mean, it's a small part, but he was wholly viable at every stage of it, which is yeah. Um, impressive given if you're a uk uh viewer mm-hmm. this is not bradley walsh with whom you are familiar um so i was pleasantly surprised by him mm-hmm. okay and the other thing the thing that you were correct right about is that i mean you know for god's sake uh oh look it's a female doctor and um the world won't explode and jd whittaker's absolutely fine mm-hmm. i i will temper it with saying this and this is not really a criticism of her as such it's more a criticism of regen episodes yep. but um it, there were moments where you could see her new doctor in there an awful lot of the episode was this kind of lack of sincerity kind of almost pantomime level performance of the doctor now um you've got to find your feet i suspect that uh that uh, jamie charles and chris chibnall both probably actually have more blame in that than uh, jd whittaker does mm. because there was an awful lot of i don't know it, it's weird because people go oh yeah but tenant did it too but tenant did it and you could see that he was aware of doing it whereas jd uh, whittaker's performance in this episode for a lot of it was more um it's like she felt oh it, i don't know i guess it's it's like she was struggling to get into the role rather than just um play along with the role uh, but as i say there were moments where you could actually see her inhabiting it a bit more and that's very promising to me mm-hmm. i um i didn't have a problem with graham uh i knew that he was bradley walsh his character uh, mm-hmm. I did keep a special eye on that because I knew beforehand how much you disliked him. So I'm like, I don't know anything of his work, so I'm going to watch it and I'm going to see. And I'm like, uh, is it me or was he just, he was totally fine in this episode. I hate to, I, like, I'm going to hate to have to break this to Ben, but I'm going to say that this Graham yeah. character was just fine. Uh, but I will say this, uh, his, I thought his wife was a far more compelling character. She was brilliant uh, I that have... was the other i said there were two excellent performances um i've forgotten her name now uh, I know uh sharon clark yeah uh, sharon d clark i think for equity purposes uh she i, I thought was head and shoulders the best performance ever in the show she's from uh a tv show over here called holby city mm. which has been on forever uh on oh, i can't remember if it's friday or saturday nights it's basically a spin-off from another show called casualty um and she's a very level-headed but very real performer um, but i've also seen her do crazy kind of out there stuff like she was in um uh we will rock you the you know the west end uh, musical she was, she played killer queen mm. uh, in that and yeah she's she is just a fantastic actor uh, i was really quite sad um to see that that's the end of her yeah i uh, understand that they want to do a balance of two males and two females so making her a companion would be an imbalance and 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 obviously for other reasons too i'm sure that it was she was only ever meant to be in this one episode or whatever but 
Uh, well, otherwise, Bradley Walsh's character wouldn't have a reason to go traveling with the Doctor, would he? Sure. Uh, yeah. I, I like. I mean, if it were me, like, I didn't have a problem with the Graham character, but if things were switched around and Graham was the one who died and Grace is the one who goes traveling, I mean, that's something I would have wanted to see more. Like, she was, like, magnetic to me. Like, I was just, yeah. every time she talked, I was just drawn. And, and, and their, their relationship yeah. was strangely... Um, yeah kind of it seemed to work compelling yeah yeah Yeah, they there was some really good chemistry between them as well so uh it it is it is a bit strange i I didn't expect that to be the kind of one of the main talking points of the first episode no uh Uh, well so yeah i agree with you about the regeneration episodes because a regeneration episode is essentially i mean there's a reason i felt like we were able to start a Doctor Who podcast on Cinema Geekly after so many years of Doctor Who existing, it's because when there's a new Doctor, it's basically like the show is, in a way, kind of starting brand new, mm-hmm. and you can enter in with a new Doctor. And this time more than ever, because, I mean, okay, there are loads of little references in, in this episode to things that have gone before, but sure. um, Chibnall has made a point of saying he is not going to be so kind of self-referential and yes and kind of in-jokey i mean so, he, he couldn't avoid places but yeah yeah so this but this is the one thing i i, I want to say about this because maybe i had bought in i didn't i didn't buy into the internet rhetoric that this was going to be bad or because she's a woman this isn't the same show i didn't buy into it in that regard that i believe them i kind of mm-hmm. bought into it in this mirror way of I feel like the show is going to be very different. And then I watch the show. This is just Doctor Who. This yeah, is like every awesome. Doctor Who. And this is yeah. like every regen episode I've ever seen where uh, well, the doctor I mean, makes an entrance and here's all the chest pieces that we're putting, you know, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's this guy, here's who they are. Oh, it was totally by numbers, yeah. Yeah, here's a here's a random bad guy who has a weird feature about him in this case. Uh, he kills people, takes their teeth, and embeds them in his face. But that's it. <laughs> it's really Sorry. gross. But it really was. It was very much. Uh, they go through this every time there's a regeneration. So, okay, I will the, say. But the clever bit. Hang on. The, the, just while you're on that point, though, because this was a, a by the numbers regen episode, and you know exactly it had every component that they usually have. Yeah. But. Uh, one thing it had that I kind of thought maybe they might make a conscious decision not to do this time was every time you get a regen, the new actor tends to put in a little flick of, and I don't know if it's theirs or the writer's um, uh, favorite mannerisms or whatever's of previous doctors. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe Jodie Whittaker will avoid that because, you know, there'll be people watching to see whether, oh, well, she's just copying so-and-so or whatever. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, and, and so subtle. some of them were really, there, were, um, there was a facial expression. I can't remember, what was she looking at? It's on the train, and there's a point where she is looking up, I think yeah. maybe at the hole that things come through or whatever, um, and she pulls what is unmistakably the Capaldi face. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of moments where she does a Matt Smith. There, you know, there, there was a... Mm-hmm. Um, what I thought was a, a Sylvester McCoy reference in there as well. And none of it's dialogue. It's all, it, it was all facial expressions and yeah. sort of some of it was turns of phrase and so on, which are obviously the writers. But I, I think actually that added to it. it. It kind of 
it makes it dovetail far more easily than if they did this kind of you know i'm the new doctor and i'm a woman which i think was what everyone was well a load of scared slightly insecure men were worried was going to be the end of doctor who but mm, yeah. you know it turns out it wasn't uh i mean i felt like a lot of the i didn't think there were any specific dialogue references or anything like that but she was uh and i i i spent most of my time already talking about how much i liked grace the character uh but mm. i should note that I thought Jodie Whittaker was totally fine in this episode. She was mostly every doctor I've ever watched, with the exception of Capaldi, who was less whimsical and frantic. But she was very whimsical, and she was very frantic in some of her speech and some of her body language and stuff. To me, that was all evocative of like an amalgam of David Tennant, Matt Smith stuff without necessarily... Uh, referencing anything that they ever say or how they say things. It just, it felt to me like a callback of like, boy, people didn't like old man Capaldi. So here's fun, whimsical doctor. You remember that from David Tennant, Matt Smith's run. We're, we're back to doing that. Uh, it, in a way, I guess I'm a little disappointed that it didn't feel like they were doing anything new with the exception of uh, some of the stylistic choices and how things were framed and shot and stuff like that. There were, it looks a little bit different than but it's filmed in a completely different way this this time. I mean, a weird aspect to... ratio. Uh, there's well, it's that. A weird aspect ratio. It's the first time we've had proper um, widescreen, I think, for uh, a network edition mm -hmm. uh, of Doctor Who. So there's that, but also they have filmed it using um, oh god, what are they called? Anamorphic lenses, yeah. um, which is going to. I mean, that that's kind of. You, that's feature film uh, lenses and stuff, so it it does have a different visual style. But I think they brought some of the color back into it as well. That mm -hmm. um, it's we've been deprived of for a little while. I mean, I we haven't gone through, um, you know, uh, 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 I can't think of his name, um, mm -hmm. Russell Davis. We haven't gone full Russell Davis with it, no. but um, there is just a, a touch more color in here now. Yeah, to me, the shot that is most evocative of how much it changed was the first thing we see with Ryan on the... It's like Ryan with his grandmother and grandfather, and they're just, after he's failed, they're just sitting on a hillside or whatever, overlooking a really beautiful vista. And Yeah, it's quite lovely, and it's like, well, that is stuff you normally don't see in Doctor Who. So... Uh, it immediately felt a little bit different from a visual style, but most everything else was pretty familiar. Uh, I will say, by the time I got around to finally putting the whole team together in my mind, I did get a chuckle at all of the people who seemed really upset about the diversity casting in this show, because they didn't just go diversity casting on this. They, they have a woman doctor. They have... Uh, uh, a black companion, but he has a disability. And they have a woman who is a police officer, but is also Indian. And they have an old white man, but he's in an interracial marriage. So <laughs> I didn't see you color, so I don't know what any of this stuff that you're talking <laughs> no, about. No, of course not. I don't even know <laughs> how much of an effect this will really have in the UK, but I know in the United States, we really hate diversity here, so... Uh, yeah, we, we hate other stuff uh, over here, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think any here is you i mean do you know what you get the, the nutters everywhere in the world but yeah. um 
you know, I'm sure if you dig around the internet, you will find a UK forum of people complaining about it. But for the vast majority, yeah. I, I don't, I, do you know, most people probably won't notice over here. <laughs> yeah, it's really not a, I didn't even. Well, actually, when you were just going through it then, I was just thinking, really, was it that diverse? And then I, I got the list in front of me. I was like, oh, yeah, you can it see It's actually pretty diverse. Even like, even the least diverse person is in a, you know, an interracial marriage. So. And, uh, until there's a trans um, lesbian woman in an interracial marriage, uh, yeah. everyone will be fine with it. Well, I mean, we've heard, we've heard all the things, Ben, already, that her sonic looks <laughs> like a, a vibrator or whatever the case is. Uh, by the way, that was not, one of not, my... There are far less obsessed people watching the show, obviously. Yes, clearly. Uh, I, that was actually one of my favorite parts, that at least that the Doctor did. I really sort of enjoyed the whole, uh, I could really use my sonic... I don't have one. I'm just going to try to build one. I know how to do that. I think maybe let's find out. And <laughs> I really like that. And then she sort of, uh, you know, MacGyver's a sonic screwdriver together. Uh, I kind of enjoyed that. Uh, but other than that, there really wasn't all that much. This was just sort of, here are the new people. Here is what they are about. And the doctor still likes spoons. The doctor still likes spoons. Uh, yeah. Really, not a whole lot has changed. Uh, it feels very much like the the same old show, and not in like a bad way. Uh, this just wasn't a shining example of like Doctor Who at its best. This was just a shining example of this is how Doctor Who sets up its new pieces on the board. And after this is when we'll start seeing the story they're trying to tell. This is just the setup, uh, which is why I was not particularly blown away by this episode. I think a lot of people who were, uh, were specifically just blown away by how much they enjoyed Jodie Whittaker out of the box, which I did as well. But I also knew beforehand that I was going to enjoy her because I've already yeah. enjoyed some of her previous work. So... Uh, well, hang on, on that point then, because over here, all we kept seeing, and I know you and I had passing a conversation about this online, but um, I have read about anger. I've read about anger from your side of uh, of the Atlantic mm. that, um, you know, she's from she's from Sheffield, and so she, you, none of you is going to understand anything she's saying. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, if, if you've never watched, I mean, I don't know what it is about, maybe if you just talk with people who have... Um, accents i know mine in particular is a very plain one so it's not really hard to figure out what it is that i'm saying i have uh, no, no idea <laughs> what i just said i mean i did not along a lot of the time in the show uh i mean and look i i might not understand i've heard a, a very occasional twang of that accent of hers yeah. anyway I, I was at university in sheffield but um years and mm. this show was pretty sheffield heavy let's be honest yeah um uh, they really were making the point of just how much in Sheffield they were, weren't they? Um, the the biggest complaint over here, incidentally, was um, how very unrealistic, not the um, woman-doctor thing or or even the racial diversity uh, and gender diversity in the casting, just the fact that there was a train running between Manchester and Sheffield that was actually running. Um, <laughs> Bullshit! Yeah, exactly. True to form, of course, it broke down halfway through the journey. So Or bollocks, as you would say, but yes. Absolutely. What a load of bollocks. Um but yeah, I, look, just, I saw that article. Just... I think Alex was the one or maybe it was you who posted it about mm -hmm. Americans complaining that they couldn't understand her accent, which all that tells me is that these are people who just 
like they watched Doctor Who maybe for, for the first time. I will admit, as somebody who did not watch like any British TV, mm-hmm. uh, like Doctor Who was one of the first shows I ever watched where everybody spoke in a British accent, like unapologetically, not like a dumbed down version for American movie fans. Or, or a hyped up one for costume drama purposes. Sure. Um, <laughs> I will... I will admit that, yeah, it took a little bit of time for me to fully understand. But, like, once you watched an- enough episodes, like, by the time I was done with season one, I was able to understand everything that everybody said. Like, I watched Jodie Whittaker here. I understood everything she said. I mean, maybe if she went on a string of Britishisms, like uh, slang that Americans aren't familiar with, I, then maybe I wouldn't I get it. If we still had Aaron on the show, I was going to uh, bring back the whole quiz thing, and I was going to give you because I was as I was at university in Sheffield for a few years, so I know the local slang, um, and I was going to give you a little uh, slang test for your English just to see, yeah, because you know, some of it's going to come up. Yeah, um, I will say this as well: the people who were complaining about, you know, well, Christopher Eccleston was uh, was Northern, and I understood everything he said. But like, I have seen a couple of American forums where people are complaining about this. Uh, and people are going, oh, but I don't understand what she says. Uh, just to help you guys out, these people are from are about 30 miles from each other. Yeah. And yes, they do have distinct act- accents, but to any in the south of England, they would be referred to as generic northern. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're hearing um, the sort of difference you're purporting to hear, mm-hmm. well, you have a very fine ear if you're not a British national. Yeah, you must be like a like an accent coach or, or something along those lines. But yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I hear your accent, and I immediately think Bay City rather than Detroit. Obviously, like any British person listening to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, if you really had a fine-tuned ear, uh, you would know that I differ slightly from Midland, which is only twenty minutes from here. Uh, oh, but... I thought that worked without saying, of course. We have uh, very distinct uh, accents, uh, us Basidians compared to the Midlanders. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, there are people out there who can tell, Ben. Uh, yeah. Just like there are police officers who can... people, I'm certain, can hear, can hear the distinction. Just like how there are police officers who can smell if you have marijuana in a bag in your pants. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, it's... it's... Yeah. <laughs> It's a serial reference for anybody who is also listening to serial at the moment. But uh, uh, serial back on form today. Not that we should be advertising on the podcast, not that they need us to. But <laughs> no. serial back on form uh, at the moment. Well, people, are, people are screaming right now. Get back to talking about Doctor Who. But I'll tell you what. Yeah, sorry. I'll tell you what. We've kind of already talked about it. <laughs> there wasn't we much have, that all happened. I'm now it's like, I want Sarah Koenig's. Um, uh, ringtone for uh, for my phone, the one that she did for Bojack Horseman. <laughs> I think it was Bojack. I think it was Bojack. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked about the the bad guy was a bad guy of the week. Uh, bad guy of the week. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of quickly, relatively speaking, quickly dealt with. This was just to be like, here's the new Doctor. This is a here's we you get a like little angry. take. We could be like angry nerds and complain about how utterly nonsensical the entire plot of this episode was, but mm. there's not really a point because, as I say, and as you, you've been saying as well, region episodes, they're kind of not really about the plot. They're just nope. about, you know, exposition and here's some stuff and here's the next yeah. like 60 minutes and everyone can settle in and then everyone will be fine by next week. If episode two of this series is, um, is poor, uh, then 
well, so be it. Although disappointingly, if it is, then it's, it's sad because you've got two weeks of the same people. I think it's Mark Tondre and Chris Chibnall. Yeah, here's um, the thing that stood out to me. And by the way, uh, Chibnall is writing at least up through this because there's no episode titles past four, four, but he's written the first four episodes. Yeah. Uh, except he co-wrote, he was smart enough to co-wrote or co-write the third episode, which appears to be about Rosa Parks. So he was clever oh, enough to, Mallory. yeah, he was, he was smart enough to co-write that episode with Mallory Blackman, uh, who is, uh, a female black writer. Laureate. Yeah. Well, not just, not just female black writer. She was the, uh, children's laureate, uh, 20, 2013 to 2015 2015 yeah um who specializes in writing about social issues but using science fiction to to do it yeah which sounds like i'm actually really looking forward to that episode because i want to see what they give us uh Uh, well if if people want to read any of her stuff before they get it i mean it's kind of it's it's not exactly kids i guess you'd call it a young adult Mm -hmm. uh there's a series uh she wrote called noughts and crosses um which is uh it, it's a kind of well actually i'm not going to ruin it because it, it, it's young adult books about racism but it that's oh god that sounds so that sounds so much like it's going to be hard work to to pick up and it's, it sounds like it's trying to be terribly worthy let me tell you as, as somebody who who had cause to read uh one of these not long ago they're a really good read there's a reason why she yeah. became the children's laureate so if you want to find those i'm pretty sure they're available online um or you know or your local bookshop or something i don't know uh okay so we should note here before we get going and before we grade this episode uh that this episode did good viewership numbers uh according to variety the woman who fell to earth had an average of 8.2 million viewers which is about 40 percent of the people watching tv in the uk at that time they note here that uh capaldi's earned uh, 6.8 million Matt Smith 7.7 they note mm-hmm. that the only higher rated uh, is David Tennant's uh, which was, nine point five, f- was it? They, yeah they note that it was 9.4 million but they also kind of caveat that by noting that it was uh, a Christmas special yeah exactly so there might be more people watching uh it is yeah, well, though, undoubtedly would be the Christmas special is the same as you know the Queen's speech in terms of the yeah. number of people who would be watching it. So there's that, but actually that that's not even the full story because the overnight was 8.2 million. Yeah. Um, has it has it gone up since the then? cinema viewings? Oh yeah, it'll have gone massively up since then. But I guess they, you know in the days of on demand you've got to draw a line somewhere. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the I gather it didn't include the cinema viewings, of which there were quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't... Is there something else it didn't include? I think, it, if I'm not mistaken, it didn't include people who watched the delayed version of it on the iPlayer. So uh, if you... Let's say you missed the first 10 minutes of a show over here um, on the iPlayer. If you go onto it, you can click um, watch from the start, and it's just a slightly delayed broadcast of it. Yeah. Um, and it didn't include those. Well... I'm going to guess quite a lot of people do because, I mean, I know it's what they they call appointment to view television, isn't it, Doctor Who? But um, I'm going to guess that if they added those numbers in, I reckon they might have knocked um, uh, Time of the Doctor um, Mm -hmm. off the top spot there, or at least off the uh, second top spot of the regular shows. Yeah, but you know what? Eight point two million, even if you that is what 
hell of a viewing figure for yeah. the UK. The, the Globals aren't out yet, are they? They note if you uh, if you don't count specials, which I would imagine like the 50th anniversary and Christmas specials all kind of count as mm-hmm. not normal episodes. Uh, they note that this is the highest rated normal episode of Doctor Who since 2008's Journey's End, which was David Tennant's not quite regeneration. But as always, the big test will be episode two because the first episode oh, yeah. with the female I, doctor, everyone's I, going, oh, I want to watch this for their own special reasons. Yeah, episode um, two. Oh, yeah, well, of course, Ben. Everybody was tuning in to see how much they would hate it. Yeah. Because that's what you do when you hate something so viciously, you have to make sure you watch it to support the show. There's a, well, there's a, there's a radio presenter over here called Chris Moyles, who is like the kind of marmite of, uh, of, of radio presenters. <laughs> wow. Uh, if, if people in the US do listen to his show, actually, it used to be on Sirius uh, or X, uh, whatever, you know, the yeah, Sirius, yeah, radio thing. Um, and uh, it, it, every episode, he he's amused every single day by the people who <laughs> message him. He just reads them all out, saying, you know, I've just turned on to Radio X and listened to that idiot Chris Boyles. Why is he on this radio? I hate him. And then an hour later. <laughs> This man's talking nonsense. Like you've been listening for an hour, right? Hang on a minute. Your name's this on Twitter. You said this at this time. You said this at this time. Who's the real idiot? I tell you what. Look, come down, to, come down to the studio. Let's have a hug. And he's, he's, yeah, he's called so many people out on it. But so many people are doing this with Doctor Who. It's, I mean, you go on at the usual angry corners of the internet and yeah, read, yeah. you know, the same people who are posting over and over and over, including, in fact, I'm just looking at one now, um, where. So they're talking about this a long, long thread about last week's episode. And then it says, uh, oh, only an hour to go until this week's travesty. Um, I can't believe I'm sitting and watching this. <laughs> well, don't, mate. You didn't like it. Go away. Hey, go outside. Go roller skating. Uh, actually, don't go outside. We've got Storm Callum, which is... Oh, okay, don't. Actually, but... Don't go outside. But, you know, play some games. Lots of, lots of other things in yeah, life yeah, to Assassin's experience. Yeah, Odyssey's out. Go play that. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's very pretty. So I'm excited though for the next episode. I'm cur- I feel like the ratings are going to fall because they always do. The next episode, I reckon, will get about six million, which is still going to be respectable for this, I would guess. Yeah. So I mean, we'll see what it does. I'm I'm excited though, one way or the other, uh, to see what happens. What would you give episode one, Ben? Um. Hmm. I would say. It, on the basis that it did what needed to be done it was nothing special, it was slightly better than the worst um, the spoon reference gave me an irritating recollection of uh, Robot of Sherwood so it <laughs> lost a quarter of a mark from that, um, although it did also remind me of Sylvester McCoy's Doctor Who played the spoon, so it gained a quarter of an episode, a quarter of a thing uh, yeah, three and a half okay, so we're close, we're, we're really close on this one, I gave it three and a quarter? Uh, I was not going to go down to quarters. I thought we decided ages ago. We oh, you know what? I think Aurora ruined this actually forever ago, and she just like said once like a quarter, dropped like a point seven five yeah. on something, and I'm like, you know what? We'll do quarters. So if you want to, if you want to oh, drop down to three and a quarter, Aurora's cosplay game at the moment is awesome for those who who haven't been uh, yes, following her on Instagram and stuff. She is absolutely fantastically nailing October. Sorry, yes. tangent. Uh, but yeah, so if you want to go to three and a quarter, that's totally fine with me. Uh, that's well, then I shall. That's what I. That's what I gave it as well. I mean, I, I I didn't go back and forth on the spoons thing. This for me really hung on. I expected once I settled in and realized this was going to be every regeneration episode I've ever watched. 
uh, I knew immediately that this was going to fall into like the threes territory for me, but uh, I was really surprised by uh, the performance of the character Grace and then immediately had my heart shattered into a million pieces when they killed her off at the end of the episode. I was hoping at the very least, like, I, it's like, I know she's not going to be a companion, but you know, maybe they'll visit her every now and again, like they did with Rory's dad. Uh, or something along those lines. Tony Wiley, she may well yes. be back. Yes, of course. Uh, as the honest trailers very vividly point out, especially for the new series of uh, of Doctor Who, the continuity doesn't really matter. <laughs> if they want to go back, they'll go back. All right, that's it for this week's episode. Uh, head on over to cinemageekly.com. Check out the archives of the show. And uh, while you're there, uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. Just search for Who Made Who. Hit subscribe. And uh, that way you can hear us come back next time. Talk about Series 11, Episode 2 of Doctor Who. It's called The Ghost Monument. Ghost Monument.